This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. No longer is the United States of America a constitutional republic. And Donald Trump's ascension to the top of the polls and his run for the White House is an example of it. Welcome to the program. I know what you're thinking. What? What does Donald Trump have to do with the fact that the United States of America is no longer a constitutional republic? And what do you mean, Sheriff, that we're no longer a constitutional republic? Well, I'm going to walk you through it. Ask yourself, who's really in control of the United States of America? Go ahead and take a guess. Now, some of you might say, well, the federal government. Some might think, well, Wall Street, cynically. And there might be some truth to both of those. But part of this for a moment. Here's who we truly are. And sadly, I might add, here's who we are led by in the United States of America in the 21st century. A ruling class of elites. And here is who makes up the ruling class of elites in this country. First, we have the academic elites, college and university professors. They look down at us. It's nothing more than a bunch of knuckle-dragging, low-brow subhumans that aren't smart enough to govern ourselves. Next, we have the media elites. These are the newspaper owners, editorial page editors, electronic media moguls like heads of TV news, and some journalists in general. Now, this class of elites not only tells us what stories and topics of the day are worthy of public discussion. But in addition to that, they want to lead us to a conclusion. They want to tell us what we should think and believe about things like war, religion, race, politics, etc. Then we have the judicial elites, the courts. Men and women in black robes who act as if they possess wisdom and knowledge handed down from on high. Wisdoms that none of the rest of us, you and I, none of the rest of us have. They try to get us to believe, and if you notice the way they write decisions, they try to get us to believe that they alone even though, for the most part, at the federal level, they are unelected by we the people, they tried us, try to get us to believe that they are the final arbiter of what they think is fair and just and right. Then we have the political elites, that class of political party insiders, and they get to decide who is worthy 
to put before us in order that we, the people, then get to vote for. And as long as the elected officials don't wander off the reservation, so to speak, as long as they don't stray beyond the leash they are kept on by political party insiders, well, then the party will continue to support them for re-election. Those are the ones who'll get the campaign volunteers, the list of campaign donors, contributors. And that is why 94% of incumbents get re-elected, because it becomes very hard for a new face to break through. In fact, before even thinking about running for office, as you know, a person has to spend years kissing the rings, genuflecting before political party elites, because those elites want to know if they can trust that if you get elected, you'll stay tethered to the party. And we, the people in this process, as we're finding out with the Republican field of candidates, we're only needed for our vote. And after that, your usefulness has been fulfilled and they become wholly owned subsidiaries, subsidiaries of the political party. Think Ted Cruz. Look how he's been ostracized. He's been told by party insiders and party elites that he's a distraction. Mitch McConnell thinks Ted Cruz is a distraction. Mitch McConnell thinks the Tea Party is a distraction. This party now thinks, when I say this party, the Republican Party elites, they think these cultural Wars are a distraction, the definition of marriage. Repealing Obamacare, it's a distraction. Even though poll after poll after poll shows that the American people, by more than 50%, support the re repeal of Obamacare and support the traditional definition of marriage between one man and one woman. And how about Planned Parenthood? It's now polling in the 60s, where more than 60% of people think that we need to pull the reins back a little bit on abortion. But that's a distraction. right? What are we conservatives always told by the party elite? You're a distraction. You're going to hurt the cause. We're not hurting anything. We're standing up for what we believe in. Our principles. But, again, the party elite, the political elite, lord over us. And then finally we have the corporate elite. You know, the CEOs of major corporations, a few entrepreneurs, Let's just say the, the, the one percenters. I hate to use a phrase coined by the Occupy movement, but it helps, 
I think, to categorize this class of elites, so I'll use it. So by now you might be asking yourself, where are you going with this? Okay, let's go on to the next dot, if you will, because you know me, I like to connect the dots. Just to help you understand my thinking, not to get you to think like me. I, I like independent thinking. If you don't agree with what I say is Bill Russell, the former coach of, and player of the Boston Celtics, if everybody's thinking alike, it's, alike is every, anybody really thinking? So stay with me. You know, I don't just blurt out an opinion or a thought without some sort of substantiation for my thought. And so that's what I'm trying to do here. And here's why. Ask yourself this. I'm going to put to you in the next segment a list of news stories. And I want you to ask yourself what these have in common. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. Why don't they try to hug the incoming That's boats? what they want. That's what we're supposed to do. When Let's it comes, hug it out. When it gets to about here, start hugging, and then you yeah. hug the bullet as it enters your body. Okay. That's just one way to handle it. I'm going to throw that one Or out you dodge the bullets and get to the suspect and give the suspect a big hug. And just tell him you love him. Just tell him you love him. Oh, that's rape. I love you. That's rape. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. So we left off talking about this ruling class of elites that I believe are in control of the United States of America, sadly, I might say, and why we're no longer a constitutional republic. I talked about the academic elites, the media elites, the judicial elites, the political party elites, and then a scattering of some corporate elites, corporation mogul CEOs. And I want to ask you, which of those class of elites do you think is the most dominant? And I'll suggest that it's the media elites. And I say that because you have to ask yourself, does news really change that fast or are we led around like a bull by the nose by a few media elites? The New York Times, the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, the Miami Herald, the USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, the Los Angeles Times, The mainstream media is what I'm talking about. CBS, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. If you think about it, they're the ones that tell us what we're going to talk about. Because when they're done with it, or if they don't bring it up, it's like it's like it doesn't exist. And but for a few 
publications like the Wall Street Journal and but for Fox News. If the mainstream, if the liberal mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it, excuse me, they're not going to write about it. Your editorial page editors and editorial writers aren't going to opine on it. They're going to act like it doesn't exist. So now what I want to do is ask you what these stories have in common. The VA scandal. You know, the Veteran Administration scandal. Benghazi. Lois Lerner and the IRS. Obamacare and the rollout of Obamacare. How about the ATFs? Fast and Furious. Gun running. Into Mexico. That led to the killing of a customs border agent. How about Kate Steinle more recently in illegal immigration? And then we have planned genocide, also known as Planned Parenthood. What do those have in common? Basically, they had no staying power. They dominated the news for a short period of time, and they disappeared with no resolution. The VA scandal had to do with the political elites and the media elites, although the mainstream media didn't really want to talk about it. Benghazi, media elites. We got another one for you. How about the government shutdown over the raising the uh, the debt ceiling? It's a little bit of an outlier because there had to be some resolution to that to get the government going again or funding of the government going again. Lois Lerner and the IRS, political elites and media elites, the mainstream media not wanting to really delve into it. It took them a long time to hold out before they finally had to talk about Lois Lerner and the IRS. Remember Obama, there isn't a smidgen of, of corruption in the IRS. Remember Obama telling us there is no there there political elite, fast and furious political elites, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, gun running, the media, there's another one, the mainstream media, the liberal mainstream media did not want to talk about that. But for Fox News, the Wall Street Journal, we wouldn't have had any debate or discussion, at least from a conservative angle on that story. Kate Steinle, there's another one that took a long time for the liberal mainstream media to finally talk about the impact of illegal immigration, sanctuary cities. They were in denial. Wouldn't cover it. But for Fox News and the Wall Street Journal, we may not know who Kate Steinle is. And now as those layers are being peeled back, we're finding out more abhorrent stories of the failure of the immigration system to deport criminal, illegal aliens. I know the mainstream media says you're not supposed to call them illegal aliens. They're called undocumented. They're called um, illegal immigrants. 
And then you have the planned genocide story. Another one that the liberal mainstream media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, USA Today, they did not want to cover that. Why did these media elites want to cover these stories? Because for the most part, other than the government shutdown over raising the debt ceiling, that one they that's the one that Ted Cruz was the distraction about. But other than that one, all these stories were embarrassments to Democrats. Another class of elites. The Democrat Party elites. They were an embarrassment to the President of the United States. They were an embarrassment until most recently to Congress and Harry Reid. Yeah, I know the Republicans controlled the House. But the Republicans in the House were trying to bring these stories to the forefront. But, you know, I, I'm not going to give Congress, uh, John Boehner and, and the Republican House at the time, and even now that they control both chambers of the uh, Congress, I'm not going to give them any passing marks because they're using these things as nothing more than political issues for political leverage, to raise money. I mean, after every one of these scandals was brought to light, if you remember, all we had were hearings. There were no resolutions. The VA scandal still has not been resolved. Our veterans are still being treated like crap in terms of getting uh, timely and quality health care. Benghazi hearings are still going on. Mrs. Bill Clinton is still stonewalling Congress on Benghazi. Lois Lerner and the IRS, they're still holding hearings, the Republican. Lois Lerner has thumbed her nose at the United States Congress. Fast and Furious is still going on in terms of hearings. Eric Holder, the Attorney General, became the first Attorney General in the United States of American history the first AG ever to be held in contempt of Congress. This man is supposed to uphold the law, and he was blocking Congress from their oversight authority. He thumbed his nose at Congress. They found him in contempt, but it stopped right there. They should have drafted arrest proceedings for that individual. Kate Steinle, whatever happened to that story? Of course, you know, the, the, the Republicans, are, they, we're going to have hearings. I mean, that's what they do in Washington. They just hold hearings. That's all they do. And then they try to use it for the next election. And that's what's going to happen to Planned Parenthood. They're going to hold hearings. They're going to stretch this out, carry it into 2016, so that Republican uh, candidates running for office at the federal level can use this as a campaign issue. I find this despicable. And we'll talk more about it in the next segment. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Buck Sexton. The FBI tried to send Scooter Libby away for years for lying to federal investigators about something that was completely irrelevant. Not that the media has explained that to you. Scooter Libby didn't disclose a darn thing. They got him for lying under oath about something that didn't matter. But he was attached to Cheney, so they wanted to make an example out of him. They went after him. Hillary gets to get out of jail free card, known as being an important member of the Democratic Party. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so let's let's bring you up to speed. I started out talking about how we're ruled by a few elites, class of elites in the United States of America, and then I talked about how I, I believe the media is the most dominant of the ruling class, probably followed by the political class, party insiders. And how they have an effect on what we get to talk about and then what happens. Because with the planned genocide scandal, harvesting aborted baby parts and selling them to the highest bidder. Remember what happened? When the story broke. Mainstream media didn't really want to cover it. You know, it's ugly for an issue they believe in. The butchering of unborn babies, the butchering, savagery. It's Dr. Gosnell all over again. Matter of fact, this story is comparable to what he was doing. So, right away, Congress calls for hearings, right? Republican-controlled Congress. Because I'm letting nobody off the hook here. I don't do that. People say, well, whose side are you on, Sheriff? I'm on we the people's side. So nobody gets off the hook. There are no sacred cows here. So the the, the Republican-controlled Congress calls for hearings to defund planned genocide. I don't even know if any hearings were held on the Hill, but introduce the bill and take the vote to defund it. Put the president on the spot, let him veto it. Don't give me this crap about, well, he's going to veto it, so why should we waste our time? Because it matters. Because it shows who we are as people. And because it's principle. That's why we should introduce the bill and take the vote and let the president veto it. So we can put these butchers front and center and define define them for who they really are. They have no conscience. They demonstrate it time and time again. But, you know, they'll hold hearings. And then Mitch McConnell said he was not going to bring it up onto the floor for a vote. That's why I said they want to use this as a campaign. They want to stretch it out. Well into 2016. So the Republicans can run on it as a campaign issue. This is sick. It's not a campaign issue. It's a morals issue. But again, remember, the ruling class. 
Political elites, party elites, get to decide how this thing will be handled. They didn't take the, the vote to defund Obamacare. Well, it's a distraction. I mean, we, I, I get so sick of this stuff. Then I see Congress, their approval ratings are down. And now they say, a poll that was recently took, the Boehner-McConnell Congress poll ratings are down where Reed and Pelosi's were. So it's reached that depth. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I still maintain that there's very little, I didn't say no, there's very little difference between Democrats and Republicans. They're the ruling class. They both benefit from the dysfunction. They both benefit from nothing happening. Their lives still go on. They still stay in office. So, how does Donald Trump fit into that? Donald Trump enters the, the race for President of the United States and immediately sucks the air out of the room. Everything. 24-7 is Donald Trump. And that's fine. I still maintain it's too early to get on a horse for this race. I like a number of the people. I like Scott Walker, Carly Fiorina, Ted Cruz. There's a couple other. I can't name them all. But I also like Donald Trump in the race. You know why? Because he makes it messy. And the Republican Party, the RNC, who tried to make this thing as, as neat as they could. Remember, they had this plan. We don't want this to get ugly. And um, we don't want any infighting. And we don't want a bloodbath. Well, guess what? I do. I want it ugly. I want a brass knuckles throwdown affair. You know why? Because it's going to separate the fighters from the non-fighter. I want to know that the person that I'm potentially going to vote for is a fighter. And when they get in there, they're going to fight Harry Reid. They're going to fight the Democrats. They're going to fight Chuck Schumer. And they're going to jam it down his throat. Just like they did to us. Well, Sheriff, that sounds like, you know, revenge. You call it what you want to call it. I'm tired of this government spending. I'm tired of being ruled by the courts. I'm tired that we the people don't matter. I'm tired that we're no longer a constitutional republic. I'm tired that the constitution doesn't matter, according to the left. And so if we don't know we have a fighter, look, Mitt Romney was a nice guy. He was not a fighter. That's why he couldn't defeat a very weak incumbent president. John McCain is not a fighter. And I don't mean his war. Don't, don't start that, okay? Yeah, he's a big-time fighter when it came to his service in the military. But what I mean is he wouldn't go after Barack Obama. He played his hand early and said, I'm not going to go after Barack Obama. Well, that doesn't help me. Because that meant the start of eight years of Barack Obama. Because John McCain wouldn't go for the throat. So I want to make sure that this party, and I'm glad this is going this way for them, it's going to make these people throw away these scripts, throw away their talking points, and sometimes touch that third rail, if you will, and have to get out there a little bit. Because I want to know 
We have a chance in 2016 to elect somebody who's going to turn this thing around. We're at the precipice. It has to happen now. So you get these party elites in the RNC, you know, the, you know, the country club Republicans, and the, you know, we want it clean, we want it nice, play nice in the sand, play nice in the sandbox, my rear end. Slug it out. Have the fight. I mean, the best person win. That's how I look at this. That's what Donald Trump has added to this process. He doesn't fit the mold. He plays by his own rules. He tells the media elite to get bent. He says things the way he wants to say them, not the way you're supposed to say them in his politically correct notion. He's told party officials, I don't play by your rules. I play by my rules. I'll write my own rules. I like his swagger. I like his bravado. Does he come with some baggage? He comes with a lot of baggage. He's changing his whole damn process. And when all is said and done, whoever emerges out of this, Party's going to owe him a debt of gratitude. Putting a new face on this party. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to delve into Ferguson. That's back in the news again. And I'll give you some of my thoughts on that. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. I mean, that's what explains Donald Trump. What explains the fact that you've got a primary voting group of conservatives who list being conservative as the third most important thing to them shows you how much anger and frustration there is because they list above it being authentic. You know, say what you mean, mean what you say. And that shows you what their nature of their anger. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. So this week marks one year since Ferguson, Missouri, exploded in riots. It was one year ago where Officer Darren Wilson, Ferguson Police Department, shot and killed Mike Brown. Darren Wilson was being attacked by Mike Brown. Mike Brown was engaged in felonious conduct, tried to disarm a police officer, assaulted a police officer, and, and moments before committed a strong-arm robbery, another felony at a convenience store, pushed a, a, a convenience store clerk around who was half his size. And you notice I said it's been one year since that event. I'm hearing people call it the one-year anniversary. There's no anniversary. There's an ugly chapter in America. There's nothing to celebrate. People converging back on Ferguson, this gang of goons, crooks, thugs, race hustlers, anarchists, 
and a scattering of some well-intentioned people. There's no doubt about that, but I said a scattering because that's all there was. And what happened? The first night, gunshots ring out. Looting. Rioting. Once again. These despicable, disgusting people of this movement This phony Black Lives Matter, premised off of a lie. It started here in Ferguson, Missouri, remember? Black Lives Don't Matter is an offspring of Hands Up, Don't Shoot. And we found out that turned out to be a lie, a big lie. As far as I'm concerned, that movement, Black Lives Matter, is the fruit of the poisonous tree. It is illegitimate. I would have liked to have thought that maybe they were going back to Ferguson to offer the good law-abiding people of Ferguson an apology for burning their city down and turning it into this illegitimate movement. I would have liked to have thought that they were going back to Ferguson to tell the police department in Ferguson that they were sorry. And to offer an apology to Officer Darren Wilson and maybe hold a fundraiser Try to help him put his life back together. Don't forget, under the rule of law, he acted reasonably, lawfully, and justifiably. Under the rule of law. How does he get his life back? So this these goons go back to Ferguson, Missouri, to start it up all over again. Because remember, I told you, this is a political construct, and I need you to understand that. This is about one thing. They came out of there with this political construct to energize and motivate the black vote for 2016 for the November elections. Remember Saul Alinsky. Are they on our side? Can we keep them on our side? Are the blacks on our side? The answer is yes. Can we keep them on our side? Well, you have to keep them energized and motivated and mobilized to come out at election time. This is how they're doing it. They're playing on the emotions of black people. How are they doing that? You mix race with the police. It's an exploitation of people. But that's who these people are. So gunshots ring out. A guy shoots at a police squad, police cruiser. Then it's police officers inside. They return fire and shoot and and hit him, knock him down. Good. What did the headlines say? Remember what I talked about? The media elite, they get to choose the words. Man shot by police at Ferguson demonstration. No. Here's the headline. Black suspect. Fires at police, police return fire. That's the headline. So I get asked this week and several cable news outlets, well, you know, Sheriff, um, why are we seeing the spike in crime in these urban centers? This is real easy. I get a kick out when I talk to criminologists, academic elites. Remember when I talked about them? They can't figure this out. They're not at ground level. 
The increase in crime and violence homicides in these major urban centers, it's the manifestation of several things happening at the same time. Not one thing causes this. First, these crime spikes are occurring in major urban centers where American ghettos are located. Where is assertive policing needed the most? The American ghetto. Why? Because of a lack of informal social controls coupled with this insane social engineering experiment eliminating the use of jails and prisons as a crime control tool. This myth of mass incarceration. I'm tired of these academic elites using the American ghetto as their social engineering laboratory. I'm tired of them using black people as lab rats or guinea pigs in their social engineering experiments. Here's why else this is happening. Because we're letting too many criminals out of jail who should be kept in jail. We won't keep violent career criminals locked up anymore. That's this whole inane idea of not using jails and prisons as a crime control tool, falling prey to this stupidity about black male incarceration, uh, mass incarceration. They're in prison because they commit over and over and over again felonious acts, including rape, murder, burglary. They shoot people. They possess firearms unlawfully. And then ask yourself this. This is not rocket science. I've been doing this for almost 38 years. I'm at ground level. Where are the anti-police movements occurring the most? The American ghetto. Baltimore, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C. All the cities that are seeing this increase in crime and violence. This is having a catastrophic effect on good law-abiding black people. Police are not as assertive anymore as they need to be. They're not really sure about engaging someone in suspicious behavior because they don't want to be the next Darren Wilson. That's why this is happening. A couple things going on at the same time, but the parallels are clear. These are cities led by Democrat mayors. All these cities are experiencing this increase in crime. Failed liberal urban policies are why we're seeing this. Coupled with this constant police bashing. Think about these pathologies that exist in all these cities. You have generational poverty, failing K-12 public schools. You have obscene black male unemployment. And you have father absent homes. Want to fix these cities? Coupled with more police intervention, get off the back of the American police officer political class. Broken windows policing works. Stop, question, and frisk works. Let us do our job. Things go wrong in our world. It's not linear. It's asymmetrical. Sometimes some tragic things happen. When they are, when when they do, apply the rule of law for the investigation. And have the courage, political class, to stand up to these nitwits, these halfwits, in this Black Lives Matter movement. 
That's what we have to do. For the sake of good, law-abiding black people. They don't care. We'll talk to you next week. God bless you. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio.